What would you do if an adult that you trusted with your child groomed your child for sexual abuse right under your nose? And what if this trusted adult went one step further, kidnapping your child? What would you do? This is the story of Jody Plache and what his father Gary did do about it. Hi, true crime fans. You're tuning into Coffee, Murder, and Mystery, a true crime podcast where we discuss murder, mystery, and the supernatural. Welcome back. I'm your host, Melissa Lancaster. I want to give a trigger warning. This story contains child sexual abuse. It is explicit content not for children. Jody Plache was only 10 years old in 1983 when Jeff Doucette gained the trust of Jody's entire family. A karate instructor, Jeff Doucette was grooming Jody, becoming a trusted family friend. Children are raised to be compliant to adults, teachers, priests, instructors, and adult family members, all who can be potential predators. Sexual predators know what they are doing. They purposely put themselves in a place of authority over a child, a child that will become their victim. This way, the child will listen. The child won't tell. These predators usually start with small advances. They're fishing, testing the boundaries, and they're getting the child used to it so they'll think that what is happening is normal. They present the abuse as if it's no big deal. Oh, I touched you inappropriately? It was just an accident. It's okay. Jeff groomed Jody with a slip of a hand during stretches. Or letting Jody and his brothers drive his car. And while he was working the manual transmission, slipping his hand onto their lap. Jeff was seeing how Jody would react. But Jody, being 10 years old, didn't know how to react. He didn't know what to do. Jeff Doucette built a relationship with his victims based on trust. He would take the kids to the roller rink or to Chuck E. Cheese. Jeff Doucette spent quality time with the children, grooming them. He not only spent time with the children, but he spent time with the whole Plaché family. Jeff lived at the karate school, and Jody's father, Gary, took pity on him. He let him shower at their house. He invited him for family dinners. But everything changed for Jody when he went to karate camp with his instructor, Jeff Doucette. After all the other kids were asleep, Jeff slipped under the covers and performed oral sex on Jody. And Jeff would continue to perform oral sex on Jody for about a month before he would start raping Jody regularly. An uncle of Jody's once witnessed Jeff Doucette kiss Jody on the mouth. He told Jody's father, Gary, that he felt something was wrong with the relationship Jeff was having with Jody. Gary just could not believe such a trusted family friend could commit such an atrocity. This was 1983, and Gary didn't know about grooming, and that Jeff's closeness to the entire family was part of an act to get close to Jody. 
And as much as Jody hated the abuse, he was afraid to tell. He liked Jeff. Jeff Doucette did so many fun things with the children. He was everyone's friend. But everything changed again on February 19th, 1984. Jeff picked up Jody from his home. He had told Jody's mom that they would be back in like 15 minutes. They were just running an errand. But that was a lie. Because Jody didn't tell his parents Jeff was abusing him, you may assume that they were bad parents or that Jody didn't trust them. But that simply isn't true. These were parents that loved their children, spent time with their children, and it even warned them about predators. But this didn't make it any easier for Jody to tell his parents, to upset his parents. Jeff wasn't taking Jody on just an errand. He was driving him to California, 2,000 miles from his Baton Rouge home. His plan was to tell people Jody was his son. He even dyed Jody's hair black. It wasn't all terrible for Jody. Jody remembers seeing the Hollywood sign for the first time awestruck. Jeff even took Jody to Disney. But none of that made the sexual abuse Jody had to endure any more bearable. It was nine days before Jeff Doucette would allow Jody to call his family. What Jeff didn't know was that the FBI would trace the call, and within the hour, Jeff would be in police custody. I wanted to take a moment to let you guys know that this podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Coffee, Murder, and Mystery. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. Jody was found safe and taken to the hospital, and poor 10-year-old Jody had to submit a rape kit. I can't even imagine his mother's relief when Jody was back in her arms That must have been 10 days of torture for his parents. But Jody was still not comfortable confessing the sexual abuse to his parents or police. But when the rape kit came back, they all knew the truth. I can't imagine the horror Jody must have felt having this horrible secret exposed. And I can't imagine the horror his parents felt knowing that this had happened to their son. Jody's mother admitted she felt extreme guilt, but that she put on a brave face for Jody. And Jody admitted that his mother's fake sense of calm put him at ease. It made it easy for him to talk to her, and he felt this huge weight lifted off of his shoulders. Something that could have so easily tore their family apart didn't. And this might seem like a happy ending to a horrible story, but it's not. Because on March 16th, 1984, Jody had been home with his family for about two weeks. When Jeff Doucette was flown back to Baton Rouge in police custody, 
he had confessed to detectives that he had sexually abused multiple children. They were looking forward to putting him behind bars. But Gary Plache had a different plan. He had gone out drinking and found out when Jeff Doucette's plane was scheduled to land. Jody's father put on his biggest hat and stood at a payphone waiting for his opportunity. And as Jeff Doucette walked by, news cameras recording, chaperoned by detectives, Gary Plache turned around and fired one single shot straight into the head of the man who had kidnapped and sexually assaulted his son. A detective immediately pushed Gary against the booths, yelling, why, Gary, why, placing him under arrest. Jeff Doucette, who had sexually abused multiple children, was dead. And this was something Jody didn't understand at first. It probably took him years. He did not want Jeff in his life anymore, but he also didn't want him dead. And now there was the prospect of losing his father. So much had happened to this child. He was so overwhelmed. Gary Plaget pled no contest to the murder. And after careful consideration and letters and phone calls of support from all over the world, the judge decided Gary was not a threat to anyone else. He was given a seven-year suspended sentence, five years probation, and 300 hours of community service. Gary's wife, June, said that there was an angel on Gary's shoulder that day. And when she was asked if she asked Gary why, why he did this, she said she didn't have to. She told Gary he could have at least let her know his plan. She could have at least drove him. I do want to make it clear that neither this podcast or the Plaché family recommend anyone taking a course of action such as this in response to their own situation. In the last interview that Gary would ever give, which you can find on YouTube, it's E60, A Time to Kill. Gary stated he did not regret killing Jeff Doucette, and he would do it again. Gary lived a peaceful life after the murder he committed and passed away at the age of 68 in 2014. Jody was able to grow up to be very successful and strong despite his trauma. He first realized the power of his story when him and his father were invited to New York for the Geraldo Rivera show. Jody said he just wanted to see New York, but after he told his story for the world to hear, he received a phone call. It was the detective that had arrested his father calling to tell Jody that a young boy who was being abused, was able to come out and tell his story. They were able to arrest a priest who had abused multiple children because Jody was brave enough to tell his story. Jody became an advocate. His goal is to educate parents to prevent their children from being abused, to teach them how to talk to their children about abuse. He wants children to feel that they can come to their parents and tell them. He's very amazing, and I have so much respect for this man. He received a Governor's Award in 2002 for survivor's activism. And Jody is also an author. He wrote, Why Gary Why? in reference to 
the detective shouting that as he arrested his father. It's a detailed account of his abuse, but it's also a book for parents to help them know the signs of abuse and how to protect their children. Jody Plachet isn't living a damaged life. He's living an empowered life. And you can also look him up on YouTube and watch his culinary videos. One bit of advice that Jody gives parents that I really think is really great advice, and I never thought about this before, is not to tell your children that if somebody hurts them, you'll kill them, or basically any extreme negative response. You might feel that you're letting them know that you're protecting them, but they probably see it differently. They may fear the extreme response that you're going to have to that situation. In other words, your children probably don't want you to commit murder and leave them and go to prison. Through all this family's heartbreak, Jody says life went right back to normal for him because of the strength of his parents. They didn't treat him as if he was broken. This story was a little bit different than the normal, but I really hope that you enjoyed it. When I read it, I had never heard this. It was only a few years after I was born, and I was really wowed by this story. I mean, it's heartbreaking and heartwarming all at the same time. I'm so glad that this terrible situation turned out okay for the family. Kind of positive, I think, for Jody. Maybe the universe needed someone like him to end up in this strong advocating position. But anyway, have a great week and we will see you next Sunday for a new episode. Stay safe and remember, evil people are everywhere. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Copy, Murder, and Mystery. You can find us on the web at www.coffeemurderandmystery.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we also have a YouTube channel. All references for today's podcast are available in our show notes. If you enjoyed our show, please consider giving us an Apple Podcast five-star rating, sharing our show with your friends, and leaving a review. This helps us by allowing more people to find our show. If you would like to support our show with a financial contribution, please consider joining our Patreon. Joining our Patreon at the $5 level will give you a bonus episode on the second week of the month, as well as a second bonus episode on the fourth week of the month. Or go to buymeacoffee.com for a one-time contribution. We appreciate all of our listeners. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. Thank you so much for listening. The information provided in this podcast is solely of our opinion and based upon research that we have conducted via the internet. If you feel that we have represented something inaccurately or unfairly, you can send us an email at coffeemurdermystery at gmail.com. Thanks for your support.